Thank you for tuning in to the Blue Passage Podcast with Tamala Lachey and our co-host, Dr. LaWanda Falaming. Thank you for being here and being a part of our episode this evening. This evening, we're going to have a topic that is very needed to be discussed. Um, A subject, excuse me. Our topic for this evening is Why Me? Our subject is the impact of domestic violence on children. Now, what that means is the domestic violence act with adults and the children being in the home is impacted from the domestic violence of between the adults. That what that means. That is what that means. Excuse me. So, um, before we get started, Dr. Falami, we'd like to thank you for being a part of our episode this Wednesday evening. Um, As always, thanks for allowing me to return. I'm really enjoying sharing. Thank you for being here, and I'm surely great that my listeners are thankful as well. Um, So, let's dive on in, because this is going to be a real needed topic and subject and it hits close to home for me it's the main reason why i wrote my book we'll get into that um throughout tonight episode so before we get started i'm gonna tell you we're gonna talk about statistics we're gonna talk about um some of the short-term effects of domestic violence or abuse that impacts children. We're going to talk about some of the long-term effects. We're going to talk about the adult violence that causes children to be, to experience a lot of different mental health and mental illness and dysfunction as they uh, grow and become adults. We're going to talk about some recovery. If you are having domestic violence in your home and your home and you do have kids, some of the recovery that you know, and some of the things that you can do to help your children because although you and a spouse are having domestic violence, that is horrible. But as well, there is a silent uh, victim and that is the kids. The kids are being more impacted than the adults think. And it's mainly one of the reasons why a lot of kids these days act out in school, um, act out just period. So let's just dive into this topic. It's going to be a little touchy, but we're going to try not to make it too deep, but be informational as well. So um, let me start off by reading from um, one of my... um, the women's health.gov relationship and safety domestic violence article that I pulled up. And I'm going to read a brief of it and then we're going to get into our own personal conversation about it and go from there. So the um, article states that many children exposed to violence in the home are also victims of physical abuse. Children who witness domestic violence or are victims of abuse themselves are are at serious risk for long-term physical and mental health problems. Children who witness violence between parents 
may also be at greater risk of being violent in the future in their future relationship. If you are a parent who is experiencing abuse, it is it can be difficult to know how to protect your child. Okay, so let's start the conversation with the adult abuse. Let's do that because we got to have a beginning and then we got to have a middle and then we got to have an end. So it's like a timeline. So let's start with adult abuse. Um, domestic violence in the home between a husband and wife, a girlfriend and a boyfriend, or just mates, uh, or just mates, you and your significant other. <clears throat> it is something that is very common in today's society. Um, it stems from either seeing abuse as a child or you can't control your anger, you can't control yourself, you don't know how to use your words, um, no communication, um, selfish jealousy. A lot of stuff creates domestic violence uh, between adults. However, when adults having their, which it started out, which it started out as being a, non-agreeable conversation um, and it escalates into somebody can't communicate, don't know how to express themselves through their words without touching the other person in a harmful way. However, when that act is done and there are kids in the home as adults, you tend to think that the kids don't know. They don't understand. It does not affect them because you're so caught up in what you're trying to do or what the act is going on between you and another person, you and the other adult. And so because of that, you have no conscious focus on the kids. You're not paying attention to them to see that they are seeing this violence that you all are having between one another um, in the home. Adult violence is something that is very harsh. Um, As a child, like I said earlier, this is a very subject that hits home with me. And so I'm going to get dive right into it. I'm going to be very transparent tonight. So... As a child growing up, I did grow up in a domestic violence household. I saw a lot of fighting, um, whether it was with weapons, um, hands, whatever the case may be, arguing. I saw a lot of that because I'm the oldest and I was old enough and I saw a lot of that in the household. Now, at that time, oh, I I really don't think my mother really noticed that. I was present in in those acts. I think she was so involved into the dysfunction between her and my stepfather that she didn't have no attention towards the kids. So because of that, I found myself, it was like a pattern. It was like, um, my stepfather was a was a truck driver, and Monday through Thursday, it was just me, my siblings, and my mom at home. 
on Friday, my stepfather would come home. And I, in that whole weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, till he left back out, they would be fussing. They would be fighting. They would be arguing. It was just police being called. It was just so much. And um, I can remember back that as young as I was in elementary, I started developing different types of dysfunctional uh, behavior. I started developing, started being impacted because I knew that when we were there by ourselves with my mom and loud noise, I couldn't take loud noise. It would make me nervous. Um, I couldn't, I was very like, like a light, I became a light sleeper. I didn't sleep heavy. I was a light sleep so I could hear everything because I always feel like I need to stay on guard because for some reason as a young child, I feel like I need to protect my mom from the violence. So because of that, it made me a light sleeper. Um, I couldn't take noise. I didn't like a lot of people being around a lot of people, like so much chaos, so much dysfunction. Like I, I couldn't handle that. It would really give me like, now I know that it was anxiety then. Did not know that then, but now I do know that. So, fast forward, as I grew up and started beginning to get into relationships, I did not know what a healthy relationship looked like. I did not know how to operate within a relationship because of the impact of seeing that domestic violence. It caused this certain dysfunctional into my mental, emotionally, my my way of thinking. Everything was kind of off. I was shy away. I never was a big talker. I never was sociable. I never um, (coughs) just intertwined with other people, period. So I say that briefly to say that in today's society now, we have a lot of kids that are being impacted because of domestic violence. And what parents do not know that who has violence in their household is that the biggest victims of domestic violence are children. The children are the ones that are the, that is the forgotten victim of the violence in the home. Because when, the, when there is adult violence going on, no one is thinking about the kids. No one is even cultural anxious that we got kids in the household. Let's not do this in front of the children. You know, let's not talk like this in front of the kids. Oh, the kids are woke. Or they in the other room. Whatever the case may be, if they're in the home present while this violence is going on, no adult is consciously, consciously thinking about the kids. So, therefore, they become forgotten victims of the violence. And... Because of this, seeing, hearing, experiencing violence as a child, what the adults don't know that it exposed them to that dysfunctional, that violence in the home, which may, which may cause them to suffer a range of severe and lasting effects. And you might say, how can they get affected? You know, no one touched them. Why is the domestic violence even impacting the kids? You know, 
They're not being touched. They're not being spoken to. They in the other room. We in the other room. We having our argument. The door is closed. Or it's late at night. They sleep. Let me help you understand this. You think they're asleep. You think they're not listening. You think that that either one of all or all of them are not paying attention. Kids are very alert. They are paying attention. They do hear you because when I was experiencing as a child, I would wake up out of my sleep because it would be so loud when you thought it when you would think it wasn't. It would be so loud and I could hear it. So I would wake up out of my sleep, jump up, run into the other room with my mom because I was already on guard about. Oh my God, they fight. Oh my God, they doing this. Oh my God, they doing it. Thinking that I can guard and protect my mom. So, with 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 the adult domestic violence or the adult arguing or whatever case it may be, when you got kids in the home, what I did when I when when I was raising my son, me and my me and my spouse, we never had a disagreement in front of my in front of our kids. We never had an argument in front of our kids. If, if anything that we need to discuss that we knew that would not be healthy for the kids, we either did it when they was away from the house, they was outside playing, or they was at school. However, they would, they never saw us in that state. Dr. Lum, you got something you want to? Yeah, I um, just like to say, you know, as many as 10 million children witness violence between parents each and every year, each and every day, I mean. They witness the way that the party who is the victim is victimized and the party who's wanted to take control is controllable. What I mean by that, the person who initiate this violence within the household is a person with very low esteem, a person has no self-confidence, and they're trying to gain their power. They come in little by little to text you, to text you on how can they grab you from having power. This is a person who actually tried to alleviate you from your friends and your family. Uh, always want to place the, va- the blame on you. Always want to try to manipulate you, want to control your behavior. If you do something, they always find some type of fault uh, that they see that you have done, although you didn't do anything. And they also then build up enough courage to come physical. That's when the tick for attack fighting come on. Black eyes, uh, verbally, just this grating that other victim, that party. Uh, And the children get caught in the midst of this because the parents are supposed to protect and guard as a caregiver should do. But a lot of times, the parents is trying to figure out what is going on with their partner or their uh, their significant other more than paying attention to the children, how is these things costing and affecting the children. And that's where the children abuse come in verbally. Every day and then you'll see where a parent in a domestic violent uh, situation allows the 
the person who's being the uh, person who doing the abuse beat on their children, uh, pull their children down in their worthwhile time by telling them certain negative things. I just want to put that out there uh, before you get into depth about your conversation. Yes, because what the parents does not understand, and like Dr. Salami said, when, when the parents are having this type of violent act going on in the home, they're not, they, they, they just not thinking that, okay, my kids are here, you know, and I have to be conscientious of what my child see. All of that goes out the window because they so caught up in the, in the action that's going on at that moment. Not knowing that they are creating what can be and what, what can be a long-term issue with it for their kids. Because as kids, I knew when I knew when I grew up and I got into high school, my mom used to ask me, "Why is it that your sisters and your your sister and your brothers can go to school and they can just grab their work and just be great students, get A's and B's and and whatever, whatever?" But when you go to school, it's it's like a difficult task. You either not present mentally or whatever the case may be. Um, but knowing that. I was battling with what they was doing as adults among each other because I was present. I saw everything. I heard everything, you know, so it spilled over into, you know, my, my education. You know, I wasn't attentive. I wasn't present. I, I, my thought process was, was not on that. It was on what going to happen when I get home from school. Is there going to be another argument? It's going to be another fight. It was always fearful and anxiety about anxiety about when is going. To, when is the next breakout going to happen? The next disruption. The next violence. The next attitude. When is it going to happen? When when I get home, you know, or when is it going to happen? Period. Because it got got to the point. I didn't want to go home. I, I would run away or I, I would just wouldn't come home until I felt like, okay, everybody should be calm. Everybody should be settled down. Everybody should be cool. And that's what that, and that goes into my next um, topic I'm about to talk about, which is the short-term effects. Like, violence is a big issue within itself, period. Regardless, regardless of what level it is, it's a big issue within itself that we today deal with on a day day to day basis. However, but for a person as innocent as a child to experience something that adults are having when they're supposed to be the beings to be protecting us from any hurt, harm, or whatever the case may be, it's actually causing problems on the kids. And a lot of short-term problems of effects of domestic violence on children is, and we're going to break it down like in age group, because each age group encounters or have a different impact Um, on... The article that I was telling you about from Women Health, 
they they had like a brief statement that went on went like this: children in the homes where one parent where one parent is abused may feel fearful and and anxious. They may always be on guard. Like I was just telling you, I was always on guard. I was like, okay, when when am I gonna? When is this gonna happen? Um, on guard, wondering when the next violent event will happen. That is exactly what I went through. This can cause them to react in different ways depending on their age. It's a different effect depending on the age group that your child is in or the child is in. Children who are in preschool. Young children who witness intimate partner violence may start doing things they used to do when they was younger, such as bedwetting, thumb sucking, increased crying, and whining. They may also develop difficulty falling or staying asleep, show signs of terror such as stuttering, hiding, and show signs of severe separation anxiety. When um when I was younger and I and I keep saying me because I'm a I'm a product of it. So you're gonna hear a lot of me saying I I I because I'm a I am a product of this. I just made it through with the grace of God and able to stand today on this podcast to show you and inform you on this. Because this is a very, this is a very serious subject. Like children are committing suicide. They're not being fully developed. They have mental, they, and as they become young teens and, and young adults, they going through things that they don't even understand. And it steers back to what they saw between their parents. So, this is a very serious issue, so this might be a little bit longer podcast tonight, but I just hope that, you know, you all are getting something out of it, and it, it's a serious subject. So, what I was about to say was, <coughs> when I was younger, <coughs> preschool, elementary school age, um, I didn't wait in the bed, but I did experience the sleepless you know, not being able to stay asleep, half sleeping, I always woke. Jump. Every time I hear a noise, I jump. Um, separation anxiety. I would, I was searching for one family member that I can get to and just stuck. And so I know that every weekend I would call my cousin. She was my older cousin. She still is my older cousin. And I would ask her, can you please come get me Friday right after school? Can you please come get me for the weekend? Because I knew my stepfather was going to be coming home. And I knew they was going to be fighting for whatever. It could be the dumbest topic, the dumbest issue. I knew that they was going to be fighting or whatever case may be. And I did not want to experience that. I didn't want to be there to hear it, to see it, nothing. So I would I would ask, you know, my cousin come get me, get over there. And I would just be, didn't want to go home. She be, my aunt be like, okay, tell me you going, we're getting ready to take you home. No, don't take me home. I ain't ready to go yet. So it was a lot of separating anxiety and leaving that place that was peaceful to go back over to here. It was like, threw me in the limbo loop mentally. Um, for school age children, children in this age range may feel guilty about the abuse and blame themselves for it. Domestic violence and abuse hurts children's self-esteem. They may not participate in school activities or get good grades. 
And so if you remember, I said when I went to school and my mom was like, Samuel, why you can't get good grades? Why you can't grasp the education like the schoolwork like your other sister and brothers can? And and that was one of the reasons. Because I saw this tragedy all night. Then I go to school Monday morning and I'm just like, a, I'm just as nutty as a fruitcake. <laughs> you know, I just couldn't get it, couldn't, couldn't get that mental on track. I couldn't transition like that. And um, it did kill my self-esteem a lot. And I was not involved in school activities. I would not. Let me see. My sister was in cheerleader. I didn't want to do that. She was in uh, drill team. I didn't want to do that. I did get into ROTC, though. But I got into ROTC because it was a way for me to escape. It was, a, it was a means to the end, meaning that it would send me up to go to the military so I can get away from everything. So I think that's the reason why I got into ROTC. Okay, let's continue with this article. Um, have fewer friends than others and get into trouble more often. They also may have a lot of headaches and stomach aches. Teens. Teens who witness abuse may act out in negative ways, such as fighting with family members or skipping school. That was me. They may also engage in risky behaviors such as having unprotected sex and using alcohol and drugs. They may have low self-esteem and have trouble making friends. They may start fights or bully others and are more likely to get in trouble with the law. I didn't get in trouble. I've never been in trouble with the law. I didn't start fights and I didn't bully because I saw that at home and I didn't want to partake of it. So I didn't experience that. This type of behavior is more common in teen boys who is who are abused in childhood than in teen girls. Girls are more likely than boys to be withdrawn and experience depression. Now that was me. Um, we as adults get caught up in whatever going on in our life. Let's just say it's not domestic violence. Let's just say we got a boyfriend and. They piss the mom off. They piss you off today. Let's just say that. And you caught up in the who, what, when, and where. And your kids are in the car. And they's like, Mama, I'm hungry. Or this and that. And you're like, shut up. Be quiet. Da, da, da. Because you're so caught up in your conversation on the phone that you are neglecting the kids. And you're not paying any attention or being present for them. So it send them in withdrawal and it, it, it speaks something, it speaks volume or not volume saying it does something to them mentally because they're trying to get your attention, but because you so caught up in this negative conversation that you are telling them to shut up, be quiet, don't say nothing, leave me alone, and and saying whatever you're saying to them. So whether it's a conversation, an whether it's domestic violence, whether it's an argument, whatever it is, when you have kids around, we as adults need to be more conscientious because we are really putting or creating what they call mental health issues for our kids. And this topic, subject, does ties back into our previous um, two weeks ago, mental health. The anxiety, the depression, the separation, the fatigue, the not making friends, like all of that ties into mental health behavior. Um, 
Now we're going to get into, well, before we get into our long term, Dr. Fulham, do you have anything? Yes, I just want to go back and piggyback. You know, when you find this type of uh, behavior, such as we're saying domestic violence, the United States Department of Justice, Justice defined domestic violence as a aber- um, abusive behavior in any relationship that is used by one partner to gain or maintain power and control over another uh, partner. Domestic violence can be verbal, physical, sexual. Domestic violence can uh, occur between heterosexual, uh, the same sex. Uh, but parents that is involved in a relationship that calls for domestic violence name doesn't realize their children are being abused as well. Parents involved in a violent relationship may think that the fight, as you were talking about, the fight does not affect their children. Every child who do not see domestic violence are affected by the conflict in the family. That's when you start noticing that you said you wanted to run away, you didn't want to go back home. Children may develop serious emotions and develop behavior problems. These problems not always recognized by the parents. Right. As a as a child, as a result to children seeing, hearing, domestic violence at an early age. Let's say seven, eight, nine, ten. Let's go there. That's when. Usually five children start thinking and seeing and kind of getting what's going on. But seven, eight, nine, and ten, trust me, they know what's going on. Right. They know how uh, the party is verbal or, let's say, disrespectful to one another. Right. So, so when you look at, uh, you thinking that you and your husband just fighting, it's okay. And the children are screaming and hollering, it's okay, it's not okay. Right. You have now become very, very abusive to your children. Right. Although this is taking place between you, your spouse, or your significant other, as the children look over, they are being abused too. If you get to tumbling around, say that you and your other party is fighting, this sometimes causes children to even get hurt accidentally. Just by you touching, and the young boys always want to be a, a protector. A young girl always want to be a protector, and probably run up to the other uh, aggressor, said, "No, no, don't be here, my mama." Right. And they shove you, you bust your head, or you bump up to something. Right. You know. So all this aligns up to where we are headed tonight about being in a domestic violent child abuse home. Right. That's where we are. And I'll come back in uh, after Sister Tamla go and finish up what she has to say on this. And I give you some of the symptoms you can look for with your children. Because this right here, this subject right here is karma. Right. This is being here. It's going on right now. Uh, as we are uh, doing this talk show on behalf of all of you who we truly love, someone is being abused as we talk. Right. Some child is hiding in a dark place because they don't know what to do. Right. Starting today, we're going to give you some uh, signs and wonder that you can see. 
We also going to get you some signs and wonder how to get out. Right. So, um, like Dr. Falami was saying, there are a lot of effects when it comes to the kids and experiencing and seeing domestic violence. Domestic violence is just... I don't have the word for it, but it's a topic that is like, it's just unbearable. It just, it, like I say, it's it's some child right now today experiencing their mom and their father getting, uh, being violent to one another. Um, some of the long-term effects of domestic violence or abuse on children in the article with Women Health they say that more than 15 million children in the United States live in homes in which domestic violence has happened at least once. These children are at greater risk for repeating the cycle as adults by entering into an abusive relationship or becoming a abusers themselves. For example, a boy who sees his mother being abused is 10 times more likely to abuse his female partner as an adult. Let me start right there. That is so true. I'm not trying to, you know, I'm being transparent for Tamla. I'm not trying to be transparent for my other siblings or whatever case may be. But I can remember having a sibling who saw my parents um, have domestic violence. And when he got older, he was violent towards his mates or just women, period. Um, be knowing where it came from. It was just, you say one thing, it tick him off, I don't care, it just bam, you know. But me being the oldest, I knew where it came, where it stemmed from. He did not know where it stemmed from because I don't even think that he could remember, you know, actually what was going on between our parents. So um, reading that brought that back to my memories. It I did have I did have a sibling who was violent to their partner, just as this article states. Um, a girl who grows up in a home where her father abuses her mother is more than six times as likely to be sexually abused as a girl who grows up in a non-abusive home. Children who witness or are vict or are victims of emotional, physical, or sexual abuse are at higher risk for health problems as adults. They can include mental health conditions such as depression and anxiety. They may also include diabetes, obesity, heart disease, <coughs> poor self-esteem, and other problems. <laughs> Everything that I read under this long-term effect is so precise true and straight to the point because even with me being a product of domestic violence household long-term effect uh, with me was the anxiety the even now I'm not it doesn't affect me like it used to because I'm in therapy now but when I had, when I started having kids, I saw, and if I could think back, because my kids are grown now, but if I think back when I started having kids, I was so overprotective and precise and territorial of my children to the point that I wouldn't let them spend the night over other people's house. Um, other people couldn't spend the night with them. I didn't argue in front of them. I didn't, I didn't 
date when when me and my when me and their father got divorced, I didn't date in front of them. I did nothing in front of my kids. When my kids was with me and not with their father, it was just me and my kids. Now y'all may say, Tam, that tell me that's crazy. You had to be yourself. You had to be you have to be or had to be, you know, not stop your life because you had kids. I was not stopping my life. I was changing my cert my, my 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 household and doing something different from what I grew up in because I didn't want them to be impacted of something that I could not control. I can control Tamla or you can control yourself hopefully, but you can't control what another person does. And in my mental back then, if I was to date, if I would have dated and brought them in front of my kids and let them meet my kids and we are in the house together in and something would have ticked that person off, then it would have escalated. Like, I couldn't control a per- another person, but I controlled him. So what I consciously said was, okay, I would date or be around whomever my significant other was when my kids was away at their father's house. So if not saying that I was in an abusive relationship, I'd never been in one, but just in case it's a disagreement, an argument, that's just how sensitive I was. I don't care if it was a little disagreement. I don't care if it was a little, you know, agree to disagree. Whatever it was, I did not do it because I knew it was going to trigger where I see what I saw as a child and where I came from because at that time, I was just existing. I was just surviving through those emotions, surviving through those feelings. I didn't actually... I couldn't actually identify with it what it was at that time. Now I can. Back then I couldn't. So I didn't. <clears throat> I did. I lived my adult life separate from my kids. Basically, is what I'm saying. Well, that's where you come in and you kind of become uh, a security for your children, right? A protector for your children. Remind you, I did say that the adulthood domestic violence, even if the children is just watching on or not seeing, they are also being abused. Mm-hmm. Children can be in their room, in their bed, you in the living room, your shouting match going on, furniture is flipping over, a child in the bedroom squirming up, putting their heads out of the cover and putting their hands over their ears because they hear the violence in the living room. You have it where the behavior that many people who are the aggressor of this domestic violence doesn't even care about the children, the significant other. They are only trying to keep their control and keep the power that they seek for because of their insecurity. Mm-hmm. And I heard you when you also said you withdrawn from people being around your children because you did not want them to go through or see or experience if there was a place for, which I doubt it was, mm-hmm. to experience such. No, you didn't withdraw. You was you were doing what you supposed to do, protect. 
Right. That's a protection. You're a protection. Again, I said to you all earlier, children may develop serious emotion and behavioral problems from the parents, the aggressor, and the person who's receiving the abuse. And these problems are not always recognized by the partners. They think it's just commonly to fight. Right. That's their daily routine. Right. They think it's just a daily routine to be verbal, to to make a a, a woman feel worsely or a man feel worsely. Yeah. That's a common. That's that's their everyday. Let's put it in lame terms so we can make sure we talk to the lever they need to hear. Right. That's not a common relationship. That's an unhealthy relationship. Right. If you've been apart for eight hours, you return back home in 15 hours, and you cannot come in and greet. You come in, hey, where you be? What, what, what's wrong with you? And right there, it escalates into a shouting match. Right. Remind you, you've been apart for 13, 15 hours, and the 16 hours you get together, you have a shouting match going over, mm-hmm. over a common thing, asking, where you been and how are you doing? Right. So, people feel, young people, do they feel it's natural? Right. This is the behavior we should do. The turn up is what they call it. Well, the slang, turn up, turn out. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. And, and you can you can see the young lady. Usually, I see young ladies that I saw two hours before. And then, within the next eight hours, she got a black eye. Yeah. And I asked, what happened to your eye? And they respond to I hit it against the door. Mm-hmm. Now, we know that when the female <laughs> says, excuse me, my allergy. When a female says, I hit my eye against the door, we already know what yeah, happened. We yeah. already know. that That's an old sign. So, today, if you're telling your friends, your, 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 your co-workers, are uh, you wearing sunglasses in the winter time? Let us let you know. We know the dough did not hit you in the eye. Right. And let me let me let me say this: this uh, type of violence is not just a ethnic group thing. It's not just a United States thing. This is a global, international issue. You know, in every country and every continent domestic violence and children being impacted exists and it exists in great numbers and there that is something there is something wrong with that but before I get into those numbers like uh that like Dr. Falon was saying you know you in a relationship and you getting abused and you saying I hit the door and you probably also listening Knowing you in a, a domestic violence situation and with kids, and you're probably asking yourself, is it better for you to stay in an abusive relationship rather than be a single parent? I'm going to tell you right now today, you can get another man, but when your kids is messed up, and if you're that parent who you are supposed to be, you're going to be messed up just as well. 
when I tell you when your kids experience the the depression, the anxiety, the hurt, the different types of emotion that they go through from being impacted from such as domestic violence, if you that loving, caring parent who's present in your child life, you be you, you be up all night, you be wandering, you be scared, you be trying to get help, you be trying to do any and everything to get your child back to normal. So I'm going to tell you right now, if you got that question in your head, is it better for you to stay in an abusive relationship versus becoming a single parent? You better choose being a single parent because you can pretty much get another man, but you them kids, you can't replace and go ahead let me uh let me just uh bring this back to life i just hear this need to come back abusive behavior in any relationship abusive behavior in any any and i mean any as if any don't stop relationship is there's one partner that want to gain or maintain power. I'm going to say it again. Gain or maintain power over their spouse or their significant other. And I said over again, there's one partner who wanted to gain and maintain the power and control of another person. Domestic violence can be verbal. It can be physical. It can be sexual. You have to be able to identify and sometimes you get so into why this happened and I get it. I really get it. When you're in a place and you feel in a drifting type, uh, I can't tell no one. I'm not allowed to look at anyone. I don't. I cannot call my mother, my father, my sister, nor my brother, or my other relative. That's a hot spot right there. Why is that person trying to take me out of alignment and distact me from my family member and he or she just want me and my children? If it's a he, he want to keep you and the kids away from everybody else. If it's her, she could be the same way. She want to keep you and him away from the family. And that is so true. It's 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 always whereas one of the parents want to keep the other parents away from their family and vice versa. And it's like all I, all you need is us and you don't need to go around them and whatever, whatever, and, and so on and so on. And that is, a, that is a form of control. That is a form of dysfunctional. And that is a form of when you get home and you don't do what they want you to do, that's where domestic violence come into play and your kids are right there seeing it. But what we're going to do is, this is what we're going to do because I just thought of this. Instead of making this a one night, we're going to turn this into a series because this domestic, domestic violence is a subject that needs to be thoroughly touched. And it's too much information for one episode. So we're going to turn this into a three-week series. So we'll do tonight. We'll do next week, Wednesday, and we'll close it out 
the Wednesday after that. That should put us the 1st of March. Yeah, I think so. Around the 1st of March. Because I was gonna, we was going to go to a commercial break. But then I looked at it and I was like, no, this is a serious topic. We need mm-hmm. to take our time and nurture it and, and, and dissect and give you all, the people who we love and thankful tuning in, the information needed and not rush through it. Right. So what we're going to do is we're going to deal with... Um, the question that I pose with where do you rather be in an abusive relationship than be a single parent? And then after that, we're gonna close it out for the night and we're gonna come back Wednesday next week and we're gonna pick it back up and then we're gonna do a third week. So, this is gonna be a three week series. So, so what we'll do, we'll do how to come out of bad, unhealthy relationship. And we'll close it out or being healthy. But before we close out, just for those viewers tonight, I want you to start watching for the symptoms that your children can show you that this type of behavior is harming them. They will have anxiety, which will increase into fear when the other uh, aggressor come. They'll jump or they're afraid of them, move, try to rush and get out of their way. You'll find they're becoming more depressed. You will even find them uh, going back as far as wetting their bed. At the age of 9 to 10, they're having bed wet. Just want to show you some signs now. And you're also seeing they'll become sometimes increasing aggressive. They'll get aggressive towards you. They'll be angry. They'll want to spend more time alone. They'll want to fight at home and fight in school. Not only that, they're going to become a bully. They're going to start bullying other kids. Yeah. Or they'll get bullied. Yeah. But most of those children that has aggressive uh, domestic violent person in their home, they become bullets. Because it, they think it's okay to show people around. Uh, people has to do as, give me your lunch. Or give yeah. me your lunch money. We're going to touch all this. This is going to be a hot topic. We're going to hope that somebody get a breakthrough. And we're going to know and claim that a breakthrough going to come through just for you who listen. Yeah. So we're going to make this a three-week series. Um, the impact of domestic violence on children because this is a serious subject that's going on right now today in today's society as this podcast is happening. It's going on. Some child is witnessing their parent in violence or their mom being, you know, hit on or whatever the case may be. But before we close out the evening, I'm going to read this section from, like I say, Women's Health Government. It's a great article. Um, And they oppose the question that, is it better to stay in an abusive relationship rather than be a, rather than raise children as a single parent? And I know a lot of mothers don't want to be single parent. You're afraid of single parent. You don't like the word single parent. I totally get it. But sometimes it's necessary to be a single parent until, you know, something, somebody else that who's going to love you and your kids come along because i'm gonna tell you in my experience with growing on when it's a domestic violence household like i say it was my mother and my stepfather they was violent against each other and i never forget i think i was in the um i want to say 10th grade and this question brought this to my mental because my mom didn't want to be a single parent with four kids you know 
And I remember him asking my mom. Well, not, no, I take that back. He didn't ask. He told my mom. It's either going to be, when I say me, I'm talking about him. It's either going to be me and my three or her, meaning me, Tamla. So at that point, he was setting up the vision. He was setting up, like Dr. Falam said, it's either going to be us or them. And my mom, back then, I felt some kind of way. But now becoming a parent, I understood. But I would have never, I would never did what she did. But she was put in a situation where I have four kids. They all mine. Yes, I did have three kids by this man. And he's wanted me to choose him and his three kids versus my daughter. You know, which is my oldest child. Which is her oldest child, which is me. And that could put a parent in a sticky situation. And I know she didn't want to be a single parent of four kids. So, what she did, she did what she what she felt was right at the time. And she kept her family together. <coughs> now, what I did was, that's when I started staying at family members' house for the summer. Every time I could get to a family member's house, I would be less at home. You know? And, um... It's funny because during that during the summer, they would send me to his family his family house. They stayed out of town. But the funny part about it is his family accepted me his family accepted me as their own. No one never knew that I was a stepchild of his. But he, on the other hand, had a problem. So back to this back to this question is it better to stay a an, in an abusive relationship rather than raise my kid my children as a single parent me personally i would be a single parent any day i would choose being a single parent any day but a women health article it say children do best in a safe stable and loving environment whether that's with one parent or two you may think that your kids won't be negatively affected by the abuse if they never see it happen. But children can also hear abuse, such as screaming and the sound of hitting. They can also sense tension and fear. Even if your kids don't see you being abused, they can be negatively affected by the violence by knowing it's happening. If you decide to leave an abusive relationship, you may be helping your children feel safer and making them less likely to tolerate abuse as they get older. If you decide not to leave, you can still take steps to protect your children from and yourself from the abuse. But me personally, I'm gone. Yeah, but I, I want to also let you know, physical abuse doesn't just start out with busted lips. The aggressor kind of size you up. What I mean by size you up, he or she'll give you a quick slap to get your attention and see how you will react. They'll grab you by your arm real fast, real harsh. They'll do things in a vindictive type of way to see if you're going to respond back or will you become combative? In other words, in labor time, they want to size you up. Again, we said this is going to be a three-week series. This is going to help someone. Uh, this topic is deeply close to uh, Tamara Lachey. It's deeply close with me, being a co-host with her these past few weeks. 
I'm very proud of her to, to talk and open up her her own, share her own life and how she was able, at, I guess at the at the conclusion, she's going to tell you about uh, the life uh, of a caterpillar, how she came out. I'm reading the book if you hadn't got it. I just want to ask you to go get it because it's got healing in the process and it's going to be worth your time. I'm very excited about this life of a caterpillar from such a distinguished Young lady who has her integrity, who has her dignity, who has her humanity, who's just a phenomenal woman to have given her story to the general public. As a very, very close friend of hers, I commend her for stepping up, stepping out, and letting her action be her voice and sharing this opportunity with me. Again, it doesn't start with a busted lip. It start with a quick slap, size you up, a quick choke as if they playing, grabbing you around your neck. Even they'll start trying to see if they can punch you. I want you to take this matter serious tonight. Although we'll be back next Wednesday, I'm going to say this and then I'm going to turn it back over to your host. If you see someone, hear someone, your neighbor, your relative, or even a stranger, being abused, please call 911 and just tell them you need to have a welfare check. Miss Tamla? Uh, before we close out and thank our sponsors everything, I want to leave one thing with you. Violence in the home is one of the most persuasive human rights challenges of our time. It remains a largely hidden problem that few countries, communities, or, our, or families openly confront. Violence in the home is not limited by geographic ethnicity or status. It is a global phenomenon. It is a issue that is a major issue. And as people today, we need to bring awareness to domestic violence and children being impacted by it. I like to thank my sponsors, um, Official Apparel. They are a custom t-shirt company. They do your custom tees for all your special occasions, events, and um, sports, schools, clubs, organization. You can follow them on Instagram or check them out on Instagram at official. That's with an A, not an O, Apparel 2.0. My other sponsor is Ready Girl. They do custom wigs. They do hair services from hair extensions, hair care, um, and day-to-day styles or day-to-day maintenance. Um, you can check them out on Instagram at official, that's with an O, Ready Girl, official Ready Girl. Um, that's their Instagram. Dr. Falami, your sponsors. I'd like to thank Representative Valencia Stovall over District 74, who's now back into the Georgia Assembly. This weekend, from 10 a.m. until 3, they will have their educational summit at Forest Park High School, right here off of Phillips Drive. It'll be from 10 to 3. Also, I'd like to thank Seven Pillars Academy, located off of Henry's Drive in Forest Park, Georgia. They are having open enrollment. And also, I would be remiss not to thank our very community active, Regina DeLoe. 
Um, this evening, like I said, topic, why me? Subject, the impact of domestic violence on children. I just put in place and just announced that this is going to be a three-week series. We're going to come back next Wednesday and pick it back up where we left off and continue giving you information and insight on this topic. This is a topic that is very um, important. We are trying to bring awareness to it uh, by being informative and giving information and helping the best way we can through the Blue Passage podcast. I'd like to thank Dr. Falami for being a part. Let me let me say this. Let's not forget about the 2020 censor. I, I have to remind you, you're gonna have representative comes out for the 2020 censor. Uh any day now. April the first is the day at the beginning. So yeah, we like to thank Dr. Falami for coming out and sharing her insight and just being a part of the Blue Passage Podcast. Cause the Blue Passage Podcast was designed to help people on their journey. And the blue is cause it's going to be clear understanding to help you on your passage, which is your journey. Um, the life of a caterpillar, the healing is in the process and is worth it. There is beauty in your struggle. Do not think that your struggle is something that's negative. It's beauty. I'm telling you, it's going to make you a better version of yourself. Get your book on Amazon.com, The Life of a Caterpillar, The Healing in the Process, and It's Worth It. Also, I know you've been hearing me say a lot of this, our um, book tour. We're still trying to get the dates and finalize the dates and some and some more locations. Um, if you'd like for us to come to your city so you can experience the It's Your Time, The Life of a Caterpillar, Spring 2020, books, uh, book tour, please don't hesitate but to reach out to me on my email at tamalalashay at gmail.com. I'm going to try to get all of those dates together by the end of March because I really want to get this on the road in April. Amen. That is my that is my my time frame. That's what I want. I want it to start and kick off in April, spring, twenty twenty. And so we have what thirty, a little bit over thirty days to get this thing together and all of that. So whether it's five cities, ten cities, fifteen cities, twenty cities, our whole objective is to give you a message. That's going to help you be a better version of yourself, overcome your 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 past, um, heal from your past, pinpoint where your hurt coming from, um, help show you how to for, how forgiveness is a great thing. It's not for them; it's for you, um, and some more other great uh, nuggets that we're willing to to give you. Um, Thank you for tuning in to the Blue Passage Podcast. Again, tune in next Wednesday at 8 p.m. for our second week of this series. Of this series, excuse me, Why Me? The Impact of Domestic Violence on Children. Have a good evening and see you next week.